You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians, a super late taping. I gotta be honest, it's 1.38 a.m. my time. I'm gonna tell you if I'm a little punchy, that is why. We'll talk about the loss today. We're gonna talk about how the Indians' offense has been going since May. You might have seen a tweet I had yesterday about that. And we're gonna talk about some spin rate data, uh, and we'll talk about Owen Miller, who has been the opposite in the majors of what he was in the minors, but why people should not take too much from that. So let's just talk about the game today. So, man, I use so too much as a transition. Uh, you know, I predicted the Indians would lose this one. It, it shouldn't be a surprise. Cardinals on paper are the better team. And, you know, Juan Carlos Mejia is essentially making the jump from A ball to the majors. And while he had looked very good in relief, starting's a whole different ball game. This is an absolutely brutal start for him. He can't even get out of the first inning. So let's discuss that first if you missed it. It starts off with a double. Then you get two outs, a fly out and a strikeout. And then it's a walk, a single, a walk, a double. And he's pulled because he's at 40 pitches already. Uh, You hate doing that because you know immediately you're not even out of the first. And that means that you are uh, dooming your pen in this one and they did and then you also hate it because you know he so much of the damage done was with two outs but he's a guy who 38 pitches that inning he's not fully stretched out you know he's not going to be someone who's you want to keep him under 100 for sure as a starter phil mayton comes in gives up another two uh goes two and a third continues to be kind of so-so this year blake parker makes his debut one inning, he's fine. Quantrell comes out for two innings, he's fine. Uh, Trevor Steffen gives up two runs. He had been on a, a nice little streak, and then Karen Chalk comes out. That's like Class A pitched in a blowout yesterday. Karen Chalk pitched in a blowout today. It's just, I don't get it. <laughs> Let these guys rest. Let's use them when we need them and not destroy their arms through overuse like we did with, you know, Andrew Miller and Vinny Pestano and Cody Allen and pretty much every young reliever that has come up through this system. These are not days you need them to pitch. In a situation like this, Trevor Steffen was a starter. You're already losing this one, uh, eight to two. Let him pitch two innings. He can survive pitching two innings. Don't Rest your back end, guys. The last thing we need is to have what happened to Karen Chalk in Class A. You know, what happened to have happened to them, what happened to like Andrew Miller and Cody Allen. Uh, you know, and the many relievers before them under Tito's reign, where it's he, you know, he's heavy in the pen, but he can be too heavy with the pen. So in this one, you know, it's not just that it's a bad game uh, by the pitching, giving up the eight, 10 hits and four walks and eight runs. The Indians' offense had zero walks and only three hits. One of the underrated stories, I feel like, with the team this year is how many times I talk about the no walks. They 
they just don't have anyone who's really good at working counts. They don't have a lot of guys who are going to get a high walk percentage. There's multiple games this year with zero walks. They really, you know, miss Carlos Santana in that regard. Uh, having that threat is something. Uh, when you are a pitcher and you know this team does not walk, you can it expands your zone. You know that I can throw a little bit more on the outside because clearly this is a team that will chase. And it's been an issue. So where the three hits? Cesar Hernandez, Ahmed Rosario. Excuse me. A bit of a hiccup there. And Eddie Rosario. So both the Rosarios had hits in this one. <laughs> Matt, it's uh, Eddie and Cesar had doubles, so that immediately makes them your... Uh, two of your three stars of the game, and then Quantrell went two innings without giving up a run, so there's your third star. Harold Ramirez with an error. It's an ugly game. You know, the day before was an ugly game if you're a Cardinals fan. This was the ugly game if you're an Indians fan. Uh, I will say as a fan of Ty O'Neill, you know, I talked about before the series began how much I've been, I pushed for Ty O'Neill. Oh, I talked about him in the offseason as a trade candidate for multiple years. Uh, I've been a fan of his for a while, and the two home run game tonight to take him up to 15 on the year, uh, what a season for him. Like I said, there's been a lot of doubters and haters, uh, my old buddy Taylor Blake Ward amongst them. Uh, I know Taylor doesn't listen, but I would still tease him the same way even if he did. Uh, he could come back at me with any number of players I missed on. But O'Neal, uh, he's one of those guys where he has been available at points. He's struggled to stay consistently in the majors. And instead, he is now up to 15 home runs on the year. And it's just, you know, I said I was going to talk about Owen Miller. Uh, Ty O'Neill is 25. Just 25 years of age. And he has been up and down, in and out of the majors. See, I didn't realize. I forgot he won a gold glove last year as well as his... uh just hitting in power. But when you look at him, just opening up his baseball reference now, you know, he debuted back in 2018, 61 games that year, 2019, 60 games, 50 games in 2020. Uh, you know, the first year an 803 OPS, 115 OPS plus the next year, 91, 69. This year he's got a 154. I mentioned he's up to 15 home runs at 154 OPS plus uh, is probably even higher now. I have a baseball savant open. So I'm just kind of curious to see if he's also still trending up with his um, with his defensive value. Uh, we've seen through the years sometimes I can go back and forth for hitters. And, and trust me, it's all ties to the Indians. No, outs above average 80, outfield jump 75. It's funny because the profile on him was always that he was more of an unathletic guy. 96th in average exit velocity and 89th in max max exit velocity. Hard hit, 92nd. Sprint speed, 98. Barreled percentage, 99. Oh, wee. Yeah, he would be... He'd be nice. Let's not lie. Uh, the... in uh, Not even arbitration eligible because of his up and down nature until the end of next season. Not a free agent until after the 2024 season. So, uh, good on you, Cardinals. I wish the Indians had uh, taken one of my trades. And I, I bring this up because I talked about Owen Miller. 
So Owen Miller was, you know, setting the world afire in AAA. Everyone could not wait for him to get up uh, to the majors. Just again, his slash line in AAA this year in 20, 16 games, uh, very limited sample size, was still 406, 457, 609. What's his slash line? Cleveland, 119, 159, 143. He has a negative 19 runs created plus. Uh, I mentioned before, until Oscar Mercado, I didn't know that could go negative. But Owen Miller is pulling that off. And Owen Miller probably should get demoted sometime soon. Let him get regular play in the minor leagues. Uh, get some more reps. You know, He's not a, a foolproof, fail-proof fail prospect. There's a reason why he was outside of the Indians' top 10 prospects universally across the board. There's a reason why he was outside of San Diego's. Now, both those are deep systems, and other systems he would have cracked, likely. But he was never viewed as a top 100 guy because there were limitations. And the limitations have shown, but he's also not someone you just give up on. Uh, I talked about all the things with Ty O'Neill because Ty O'Neill, I mean, he and he's someone who came out of House of Fire and then had two years where he struggled and... You know, last year, yeah, he was the gold glove winner, but his offense wasn't there, and now he's finally breaking out. It's not a straight path. Look at the Seattle Mariners in this past week. Well, just this whole season in general, let's be honest. Uh, Taylor Trammell got a chance in center field. He was sent down. Jared Kelnick, we got to see his Major League debut as Indians fans. He is already back in the minors, if you haven't been following. He struggled so badly that they sent him back. For a lot of players, it's not... The first time you get up, everything works out well. It's why the Indians wanted to give Bowers another look. Uh, it's why it's kind of mind-boggling that nobody got a look last year. You have limited opportunities to look at players. And some teams, you know, you, you could wonder if the Indians had a Ty O'Neill, would he be, would he have gotten an extended look? Would he have gotten an opportunity uh, with their struggles, maybe in the outfield, but you could also see that they've been kind of impatient with some of these young players, and they've continually gone to more of the proven veteran route. Now, that hasn't always worked out. It's almost never worked out with their free agent signings. Uh, you know, Eddie Rosario, we'll talk about him a little bit later in the show. But, you know, I, hopefully this isn't going to be a situation for Owen Miller, like it was for Jake Bowers, where Bowers did get a nice long look uh what, back in 2019, then got no look in 2020, he got a short look this year, and he's gone, now he did, he should be gone, like the, the production was was about as bad as it can get, uh, but my bigger concern is, not so much Bowers, but that we're seeing that same story, it's similar to what happened with Bowers all the time now, we don't know what Daniel Johnson is, he hasn't got that opportunity, we are getting to see Bobby Bradley, uh, now, uh, getting to see some of Yu Chen Chang, he really hasn't had that opportunity. They have all these young players that have just not been given a chance, and that's just the truth of the matter. Like I said, Owen Miller's been atrocious in 44 plate appearances. He does need a chance to maybe go down and reset things, and I'd, you know, who would you call up in that situation? Maybe you'd give uh, Gabriel Arias a chance. Maybe you. You know, look at, you know, how Andres Jimenez, you know, because at the same time, even if he's not playing well, it's like they called up uh, Bobby Bradley, who was not playing well. And they knew that his production did not match 
uh, his skill level, so they called him up in spite of that. And so far, it's rewarded them. We'll see how that continues to go for Jimenez in Columbus. I mean, he's up to 261, 311, 362. And you might think, that's not great. It's better than what he did in Cleveland this year, and it's better from where he started down there. Uh, so he's steadily improving uh, for the Cleveland Indians as an, as an option. And he's, I, I feel very confident he's going to be a league average shortstop uh, before it's all said and done. Not much to take away in this series. I don't want to spend too much time here. Did want to just talk about like being patient with players. It's something fans need to do and something the Indians need to do, in my humble opinion. So hopefully they'll be patient. Hopefully we'll see Jimenez get another shot this year. Hopefully we'll see Daniel Johnson get a real chance to play. Hopefully we'll see some of those young players come up and go. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the offense here in a second. So we have a new sponsor. It's Stat Hero. Do you know that 85% of people who play de- daily fantasy sports lose? Is that really surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of others. Lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. I agree with all of that. It is a, a some game where a lot of computer science scientists win those uh, daily fantasy matchups. Introducing Stat Hero, it's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows... Use their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. Uh, you're in total control. Stat Hero is a DFS the way it was meant to be, one-on-one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. Let's just take a second and talk about Rock Auto. I'm running out of superlatives. I could just read the ad. That gets boring. But let me know, people who listen, if reading the ad is boring or not. What is not boring is Rock Auto, though, because it is a fantastic tool. Even if you're like me and you can't do a darn thing when it comes to your car, I still use Rock Auto as a way to know that I'm getting the right prices on parts and places when I parts and pieces when I need to get them replaced. Uh, it gives me it, it's a wonderful site full of fantastic information. If you have that skill, you want to go to RockAuto.com and buy your pieces. You're essentially getting almost like a wholesale price. You know, they're one central location. They pass that savings on to you, the consumer, and best of all, you get to pick your pieces. It's not like going to the mechanic and then saying, "Oh, we're going to get this piece." You can see the piece. You can pick the pieces you want for your car. Remember, you do go to rockauto.com. Little, how did you hear about us box? Make sure to say that you heard about it, heard about their site through Locked On. You can say Locked On, Locked On MLB, Locked On Indians. All of that lets them rock out or know that we sent you to them. So we've talked ad nauseum about how bad the offense has been this year. And then I, I kind of was thinking, like, have they been as bad as, as we think? And this all came from my discussion on the show yesterday with Pat about uh, Ahmed Rosario. And I kind of wanted to just look at the data and see, like, since, I mean, it was a horrific early start to the year, let's be honest. Just going back from May 1st to now, looking at the Indian stats, looking at how guys are performing just across the line. Let's talk about Jose Ramirez. Uh, His runs created plus is a 147. Walk percentage is almost 11 
277-375-46 line. He's got seven home runs during that time. Uh, would it be surprising to find out he does not lead the Indians in home runs since May? That belongs to Cesar Hernandez, who has eight. His uh, line is 250-310-45. A 116 runs created plus. Uh, war for Jose is 1.4. A 1 even for Cesar. Uh, Fangraphs likes... Uh, well, it's no Fangraphs where I'm getting the war from on this. Uh, it's just Jose's been a better overall hitter. He's got a higher everything uh, in terms of uh, you know average on base and slugging. So who's the third hitter in terms of war for the Indians since then? It's Ahmed Rosario going to the stat line. 303, 356, 459, 125 runs created plus. So while his war isn't as high as the other two, he has not played as much, and war is a cumulative uh, stat. And he also hasn't been as valuable defensively. Uh, you could argue, you know, I might have spoken incorrectly, you know, I was talking about those are the, who's the next up in terms of war value since May. But in terms of, like, productivity as a hitter, since May he's been the Indians' third most productive hitter when you're looking at just runs created plus. Next up in that war, Harold Ramirez talked about how much I just missed on him. Uh, and the nice thing here, when you look at Harold Ramirez, is, okay, so... Ahmed Rosario has been awesome. He's also got a bat pip of 373. That's unsustainable. Harold Ramirez has been great. His bat pip is 293. For a guy with his speed, that's actually a little low. He could be hitting even better. 278, 327, 464, slugging. Runs created plus a 115. Uh, defensively, he's negative, and that's always been kind of the ding. He's not a good defender. War is worth half a run since he got called up. So that's, if you're keeping track at home, Five hitters, runs created plus over 100. If you remember when Fran Mill got hurt, I talked about the Indians only had one hitter with a runs created plus over 100 at that point in time, and that was Jose Ramirez. Now, some of these players, if you looked at their full year data, I don't think like Cesar or Ahmed Rosario would be over 100, but just since May. Let's get rid of April and March and kind of the disaster show for the Indians and just talk about these recent months. This is, I mean... Five guys over 100. We were talking about at that point in time, there was one. Uh, Fran Mill only had 67 plate appearances during this time. 127 runs created plus. That'd be the second highest on the team. 224, 328, 517 for his line. Uh, if he was healthy, you have to feel like his war would be significantly higher. The thing with Fran Mill is he's walking over 13% of the time during that period. I've, it, and his bat pip's only 250. It's the lowest of this entire group. He was unlucky. Uh, Eddie Rosario, his bat pip is a 290. So it's it's kind of in line when you look at he's you know, he can move a little, but he's not the fastest guy. 259, 314, 357, negative defensive value, and only an 87 runs created plus. So he is still below 100. I really can't you know for his career, this is a guy who's been like consistently in like the 102 to 110 range. So this is a significant drop, not ideal. Austin Hedges, 39 runs created plus. I don't think we need to dig in. Bradley Zimmer, 69. But Josh Naylor is the really the other guy to talk about. So we talked about those first five who all have higher values over 100. Josh Naylor makes it six. Six hitters on the, in this lineup over 100 runs created plus value since May. 259, 314, 429. 
for a 103 runs created plus. Now he's negative. No, I'm sorry. He is. I'm having a no. Yeah, he is a negative 4.4 defender. He's awful. He is not an outfielder. It's an issue. Uh, he needs to play first base. I, they keep trying everyone else out there, and I'm okay. Give Bobby Bradley a chance. But you had the DH open. Bobby Bradley's a DH. Josh Naylor's a first baseman. Let's just, you know, have those two rotate there until uh, Fran Mill is ready and ready to play. I, that's Josh Naylor's an outfielder isn't, does not work based on what we've seen rather consistently out there. Uh, it's a it's a roller coaster. It is not ideal, and it continues to be that way. Other Indians during this time, Yuchen Chang, a 59. Jake Bowers, uh, in spite of improvements, he was still a 69 for this period. Not great. Rene Rivera, 64. Luplo, a 70. Uh, Owen Miller, negative 19. So, yeah, not great there. But still, six players, six bats with a league average or better. Uh, currently, one of your outfield, what, two of your outfielders, your two corner outfielders, a DH, a third baseman, a second baseman, and a shortstop. Uh, so, I mean, Bobby Bradley has a runs graded plus a 253, but it's based off of 10 plate appearances, so I'm not going to really take much from that. But if you moved, let's say, you know, uh, Naylor to that first base situation, I mean, you're setting yourself up relatively long-term, at least for this season, with everyone on that infield being at least league average, with Naylor, Cesar, Rosario, in Jose, you have your DH and Fran Mill in your outfield. You have Harold Ramirez and eh. Now maybe you could get Ahmad, Ahmad, Ahmed, sorry, Ahmed Rosario with a little more time in the outfield, and maybe Andres Jimenez can come up and be close to what he was before. Uh, maybe get lucky and Nolan Jones can nail down the spot. But yeah, it's a uh, it's a nice improvement. Like there's no other way around it. This is a team that has struggled so badly offensively, and it's been a big part of this show and my podcast in general. But the nice thing to see is that it's improving. Players are starting to figure things out. Uh, they are getting better, and like I said, the proof is right there. Since May, six hitters in the lineup being at least league average. We've been begging for league average for so long. It's just great to see it finally occur uh, hopefully they will continue, like I said, to improve. Hopefully we'll see some of the younger players step up. Uh, that's part of what's holding them back right now is that you want to see some of the young players step up and perform for the Indians. And, you know, just they haven't had a lot of extended opportunities. We have seen a lot of Owen Miller, and it has been a struggle. And, again, it might be best served for him if he's – I'm all for letting a player stay, but when he has been as bad as he has been, uh, it's hard to keep finding the spot. Might be worth it for him. He got some reps. He got his opportunity. He knows what he needs to work on. Let's call up Daniel Johnson and give him some reps. Let's let Josh Naylor play a little bit of first or DH with uh, Fran Mill out. But, uh, and again, this isn't the end for Owen Miller. Uh, very few prospects are Francisco Lindor who come up, stay up, and are good forever. I've talked about Ty O'Neill, but look no further than Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland Indians, who came up as a shortstop, then struggled as a shortstop when they're messing with Frankie's, or I'm sorry, Francisco's uh, 
service time. And then Plato was part of the up and down game for a time, trying to figure things out before he turned into one of the best hitters in baseball. So I'm not saying Owen Miller's going to turn into one of the best hitters in baseball. I'm just saying you always have to be patient when it comes to young players. Our final sponsor of the day is Bet Online, and I would go look up lines right now for what the Indians matchup would be tomorrow at this time. But the, the Indians will play on Thursday, the odd double off day week. Instead, I'm going to tell you, whatever it is that you might want to bet on, you'll find it over at betonline.ag. They have you covered. doesn't matter what your interest is. You'll be able to go find it. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the games as teams are, you know, in the NBA and the NHL, they're in the playoffs. MLB, we are deep in the season. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome deposit on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book. And remember to use that promo code locked on to get that 50% bonus on your first deposit. So I was looking through notes, you know, looking through the tweets and it's all, you know, the highlights uh, of the, some of the minor league games. I did want to talk about very quickly the Columbus one, because Columbus is always going to be the most interesting because that's when they're going to promote from more likely than not. In this game, Oscar Mercado has a home run. Gabriel Arias also has a home run. Nolan Jones, two for four with a walk. Nice to see the walk, only one strikeout. Uh, he And when you look at, we've talked about some of the players struggling down there, numbers are, are climbing for a lot of these guys. There's a lot of players performing well. But here is, to me, an interesting wrinkle what jumped out at me in this game. Your priority shortstop prospect is probably going to play shortstop, right? If they're both on the same team. I need to start paying attention every single day. I need to go and look every single day to see if this is an anomaly or if this is what it's been like that Jimenez is playing second base tonight and RES is at shortstop. If that is happening regularly, then that is telling you directly who the Indians think is more likely their shortstop of the future. One could say, well, it could also show, uh, you know, who needs more work at short. Both of them are elite defenders. Neither of them need work at short. So I'm going to continue to monitor this, monitor this. It might be something worth monitoring uh, as well. I'm sure there's people who are better about following the Clippers box scores than myself or have more of a rooted uh, interest in those box scores just as a fan of the squad. But this stood out to me more than like the home run by Mercado or the performance by Nolan Jones. Like I went here because I got the email about Nolan Jones had a good game. So I wanted to look at that. You know, I get the minor league uh, kind of hit as it were from the organization. But yeah, that stood out. And then I want to take a second. Uh, Nathan Kingsley emailed me with some great trade ideas uh, he wanted to point out in here. I hadn't realized that Keston Huara's mother has been very ill, which that can have a massive effect on players. Uh, there was a left-handed pitcher, I'm not going to say names, in the Indian system. Uh, not because I've forgotten, but because I don't know if he you know, wants it brought up or shared. But there was a guy who was a top prospect when I was early in my coverage who had a really rough year where his mom was uh, having a battle with cancer. And last I had heard, she had overcome it and was doing well. Um, for that player, uh, he never... I don't think he ever quite rebounded after that season. Stuff like that, we all carry our trauma. Everyone carries it and carries it differently. So 
Nathan is absolutely right. Uh, that could be having a massive thing. Now, Nate sent me a bunch of trade things. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through all of these today, but I thought it might be fun to dig into some of these on the show. Uh, and then that saves tomorrow when I won't have a game at all to talk about to really start digging into the Akron team, talk about who's performing there, who isn't, spend a lot of time on Ty Freeman, let's be honest. So he mentions a bunch of names. Uh, Brian, uh, Brian Reynolds with Pittsburgh. You know, he's having a, he's an interesting player. He talks about how he's rebounding. So if you missed a Reynolds was great as a rookie, not so great in 2020. Again, you just throw 2020 out the window and he's having a solid year this year. Uh, would Pittsburgh trade him? You know, I talked to the locked on Pittsburgh guy about this and his view was they would not. I am not as sure as they've been selling everything that is not uh, nailed down. And Brian Reynolds is an older player. Uh, Before that sounds really dumb. Let me explain for the pirates with him being age 26, he'll be 27 at the end of the year. He is older for the core that they're kind of building towards. You know, they're going to trade away Frazier for sure. He's having a fantastic year for them. Uh, Reynolds, so if you're just curious, 284, 389, 495, 145 OPS plus. Adam Frazier, 329, 392, 468, 139. And then Colin Moran is kind of interesting as well. Uh, he's been, he was a really high draft pick. If you can think back to the Clint Frazier draft, he was the player most mocked to the Indians in that draft because they were viewed as, They'll take the safe bat. And Colin Moran has like been the classic example of why you don't necessarily want to go for the safest bat because it's a it's a lower ceiling. And it's something I've never been great at explaining. But the general idea for me, what I try to explain is that a low ceiling guy has very little wiggle room. If things don't go exactly well, uh, then you're not going to get a major leaguer. Sometimes the safest bat is also the riskiest because if it's very thin parameters for success if they don't get there don't it not you know a lot of guys just we think they're going to do this they don't and if there's not the other tools there hopefully i'm explaining this well tell me let me know i i've been this is this whole theory i've had for a while that like the safest college players are sometimes actually the riskiest player in the draft because their their talent level is lower we view it as a say oh he, we know what they do we know what they are. Uh, he always hits. He's got average power, but he always hits. He'll be fine. It's like, well, that's sometimes hitting does not translate one to one. It it rarely, almost never does. But I, you know, I say all of this with Colin Moran, who's now twenty eight, in the midst of a career year, uh, two ninety two, three fifty three, four fifty eight, one twenty three OPS plus. I'm sure they would love to move him as he is 28. Frazier is 29. Those two players will be moved. Old friend Kaye Tom, uh, 177 batting average, but a 349 on base. Good for him. He's walking a lot. Uh, not a slugging of 290. Like he has not been good uh, for them, but there's some signs of life. He's also, side note, older than Brian Reynolds uh, is. And, you know, I, I if they'd be willing to move him, the Indian should be all over that. Uh, let's see. Because the other thing is, you know, you look at their core. They they called up Cabron Hayes. He's 24. So it's not a huge gap between him and, say, uh, Brian Reynolds. The other 
player who was awesome for them two years ago was Kevin Newman. Kevin Newman, another guy, that classic, like, very thin profile to success. Uh, if he doesn't do exactly what you need, then you can't get there. Uh, I don't even know if that's how I want to phrase it. But uh, he also asked about Tyler Anderson. Anderson's been closer to league average, but I understand the Indians' pitching woes. How about uh, one of my favorite players to talk about, JT Brubaker, last big draft pick out of the University of Akron. If you haven't been paying attention, 390 ERA and 11 starts in 60 innings, 103 ERA plus, strikeouts per nine, 9.3, walks per nine, 2.0, home run, 1.5, hits, 8.7. He is 27 years of age. Uh, I, I love the thought with Tyler Anderson. Is, is I do think the Indians need to add a starter if they have any chance. Maybe they can... Uh, what about talking to him about Brubaker? Just throw that one out to you, Nathan. Do you think that... Uh, because last year he made his... I don't know if he made his debut against the Indians, but we did see him play because uh, I made a big deal out of it. And I remember seeing him pitching college and, and coming away fairly impressed. And he got over 500000 which is a sign of talent. So... Uh, I like the idea with, uh, oh, and if you're curious, the other Indians former Rule 5 draft pick, Luis Oviedo, 7.23 ERA, uh, 5.13 FIP, ERA plus of 56, walks per nine of 5.8, strikeouts 9.2. Running a little low on time, so instead of sending out the trades, I'm just going to kind of sum this all up. I'll uh, dig more into Nathan's email on tomorrow's show. I'll discuss Maybe what those deals would look like over to the Trade Value site. Do all that fun things. I've been Jeff Ellis. You can find me on Twitter at JeffMOBDraft. And for the next year, maybe two, go Tribe.